From athletes to celebrities to, well, just about anybody, he interviews them all. This is the Quinmar Podcast. All right, and welcome to the Quinmar Podcast. As always, I'm your host with the friggin' most, Quinmar. On today's episode, we have Bobby Del Rio, actor, writer, director, creator. I'd, I'd say you do it all, right, Bobby? Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. <laughs> How's it going, man? Good, man. Um, trailer's launching 9 a.m. I just got cast as a, a lead in a new show. Um, but it's it's really, really good. It's the latest project by Katie Ullman and Trish Renone. They did um, My Roommate's an Escort. Mm-hmm. This is their next project. Um, obviously, I've seen the trailer because I'm one of the leads. Uh, we launch tomorrow morning. Oh my god, it's gonna be so good. Yeah. Yeah. Now, can you kind yeah. of talk, kind of talk through like what exactly it is? Like, I guess without giving too much, obviously. Uh, well, I can tell a little bit. Mm. Um, like, basically, it's a show about the entertainment industry. Mm. So it's called Canadian Actors. Um, but it's really, I think, got like a kind of international appeal because it's very much about sort of being a, an actor in Canada, but it's so funny and quirky that it really does apply to being an actor anywhere in the world. Mm. But they're ha- they're getting some big meetings with, um, you know, some of the biggest companies around. and uh, Just the quality of the writing and uh, the performances, the style, it, it, I think it's going to be like insanely big so now is this something that can continue on or it's kind of like a you one and done like you did it that's done um okay so i was the male lead in my roommate's an escort which was a web series and became you know like one of the most popular web series ever in canada Mm -hmm. and they have optioned that to fox wow so it's still there's still plans um to like hopefully make it into a television series where I'm attached as well. Um, and they have a couple other series they've optioned, other networks and production companies. But the next project that they're actually making is, is this one, Canadian Actors. And we, we launched the trailer tomorrow. That's crazy. Wow. Fox at- maybe attached? That's insane. Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy, man. I mean, look, for me as a writer, too, I, I co-wrote a, a movie. And right now, they're deciding between, like an Oscar winner and an A-lister to play this other role, which then greenlights the financing and triggers the U.S. distribution deal. So Wow. Yeah, That's... there's some big projects in play right now for me. Yeah. So the uh, the last few months since we last talked when I had you on the podcast last year has been pretty good for you, I'd have to say. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, I think you've been tracking my social media. And my, my profile, I mean, I've got a pretty good profile, but it really has boosted in the last six months. But also, there's a lot of stuff the public doesn't necessarily see. Like, I've optioned several other projects. I have a producer in L.A. I've got two scripts over there. I've got a, a script up here, like a series, where I'm attached as the star and the creator with a really established company up here. And, um, you know, there's just and there's so many more people are writing parts for me in their shows. Mm-hmm. I went back and did some theater, and I got, like, so much publicity. Um, just, I mean, it's just been a whirlwind, you know? Yeah, and, like, how, how is that kind of transition going back into theater after doing, like, web series, TV shows, that kind of stuff? Is it easy? Is it, like, riding a bike, like, you just go back, like, it's no problem? Or is there kind of, like, 
oh yeah, I kind of forgot about this aspect of it. Well, to be honest, like I hadn't done a play for a decade. Wow. So, like, like I, like the year before, I had a very small role in a friend of mine's show. It was a fringe show. It was just fun. like I literally was in a couple of scenes. And I was like, oh, it'll be fun, hang out with some friends. Just, to, just it was almost a cameo. Mm-hmm. So um, it didn't, it didn't really count, right? I was just kind of like hanging out, basically. So then this was when I did, I did a show called Professionally Ethnic last August, Summer Works. And it really was, it was like, okay, this is kind of, because I, as a playwright, I, I'm pretty successful in Toronto. <laughs> um, like, you know, I've written something like 10 hits. That's crazy. It, there's a lot of hits, right? Yeah. Uh, so, but again, I hadn't, I hadn't like acted in anything for 10 years and I hadn't really done a play for a few years. So I didn't really know. And, and you're right. Like it's an intelligent question. I've been doing mostly film and TV and web for a few years and it'd been, it'd been going really well but then I wondered okay when I go back to theater what the hell is going to happen are they even going to remember me do they care like whatever right and it ended up being like I don't know maybe they missed me I don't know what the hell it is but I got the most press that I've ever gotten in my whole career before anybody even saw the show wow um, like they were like Now Magazine called me one of the top 10 artists to watch and um CBC had done a little sort of mini documentary on me. Yeah. And they had timed it um, with the launch of my new play, so they wanted to promote my play as well. And, and you know, and then we, I just, again, like all, like all of the sort of media outlets were really like kind of pushing me and my play. And, I, you know, I don't know why. I don't know. It was, it was like the other stuff I'd been doing or they just liked what the play was about. Or It's hard to know sometimes why... People decide that I don't know you're important or yeah. something. Yeah, for sure. Because sometimes you think that oh here I go, I'm ready for my interviews and nobody cares. Yeah. At all. And then sometimes you're just minding your own business and then four people want to like interview you at the same time and then you're just like okay, what's happening right now? Yeah. See, I like how you mentioned that because uh, I saw you uh, post earlier. You're actually doing another podcast tonight. Now, since I had you yeah. on last year, you've been doing a lot of podcasting, correct? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, it's been crazy. And like, like, a, lot of, a lot in the United States as well. Yeah, see, and that's interesting. Like, um, how, I find it odd how like um, it's more U.S. than Canadian because you are in Canada, right? You know what I mean? Like, I kind of I find that odd how that works out like that. Well, partly, you know, my publicist, right? Like, PD Beats mm-hmm. is, um, you know, genius, right? Um, but also, I think there's there's a bit of an exoticism for me in the U.S. because I'm Canadian and, you know, I've been working in the web in the last couple of years and they've been very successful shows. But, you know, it's kind of a way for people in the U.S. to access my content and find a sort of Canadian perspective. It's amazing, like... I, you know, I've done them all across the United States. I mean, I feel like it's been every state at this point. Uh-huh. And it, it's funny, like, a lot of people don't really know that much about Canada, but they seem very interested, and they definitely like content that I'm creating and that I'm a part of. Yeah, for sure. So, I, you know, I think you take that, and plus my publicist, and, and just the amount of press that I'm just getting here in Canada... And it just seems to add up to this thing where I, like, every, I sort of got every few days I'm on a new podcast and I'm just constantly retweeting other people promoting me in the podcast circuit. And um, 
it's pretty cool. It's been a pretty cool experience. You're just a content machine the last few months, right? Yeah, I guess. Um, and how, well, you you mentioned PD Beats, and it was because of him that I originally uh, got in contact with you. How did you start with PD to begin with? So I started with PD because, um, as I was saying before, I'm, I'm the male lead in my roommates and escort, mm-hmm. uh, which was co-created by Katie Allman and Trish Renone. So I had jumped on a couple of podcasts with them because when the show first came out, um, they had a couple publicists. They had a publicist for like conventional television and print newspaper, mm-hmm. and they had a digital publicist, which was PD. And PD got, I don't know, PD got him on like 20 podcasts in like a month or something crazy. Wow. And I, I jumped on um, a couple podcasts with them because, uh, you know, I'm one of the main people of the show. And then um, and then they were just telling me all about PD. And then I started getting to know PDs through basically working on Escort. And we just got along. And then um, he decided that he wanted to rep me as a personal publicist. And I never had a personal publicist. And, um, I don't know, that's been maybe a year, six months, a year, something like that. It's been really, really great. And, you know, we've gotten to know each other really well. And so I think he just knows how to push me. And as my profile increases, then it's it's kind of like an easier push because it's like, oh, like I'm already doing so many podcasts. So then other people want me on their podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm doing all these projects. So it's just kind of like snowballs. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, that's what we met. We met on Escort. That's crazy. Wow. Um, one more thing kind of about the podcast thing. I never actually got to like verbally thank you. You mentioned my podcast when you were on one last summer, so I did want to thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome, man. You're, you're a great guy. I love chatting with you last time. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and uh, just kind of going back to your social media and stuff, you're very active on Facebook, Twitter, the whole thing. And uh, one thing that uh, I guess got a lot of traction to your page was your, you mentioned Jordan Peterson, I think it was last oh, week or the yeah. week before. What kind of happened with that whole thing? And like, for people who don't know, who is Jordan Peterson? So Jordan Peterson is, uh, I mean, you know, it's funny we're talking about social media and everything, but he's kind of becoming, I think, like an, intel- an internationally famous intellectual, mostly because of the YouTube circuit. Mm-hmm. So he's a professor here at the University of Toronto who got embroiled in a free speech debate with the trans community, I guess, a couple years ago, Um, which I knew a little bit about, but I have a friend who's, who's like, doing a documentary film on him. Um, So she actually has sold her movie to CBC, and it's going to be premiering there in the fall. So I got to know who this guy was, basically, through her. Um... And then, um, I don't know, it seems interesting. So I, I, I ended up just kind of like, you know, following some of the things that he would say. And then he actually, like, um, was promoting my show in the summer. Mm-hmm. I played professionally ethnic where I got all that press. So it's not like I haven't met him, but we've kind of, we kind of travel, I guess, in a similar circle. So then I just kind of got into him. He's a psychology professor, and I'm really into psychology. I took a few courses in undergrad. And and then on, on YouTube, um, you know, he just has some interesting things to say. So I went and I bought his book. He's got a new book called 12 Rules for Life, uh, which is basically a psychology sort of like self-help book, but it, it's a little bit geared toward men. Um, and he's a really brilliant writer. So I was like, oh, okay, like, let me just, I bought the book just randomly. So then I just mentioned it on Facebook. As you say, like, I'm pretty active on social media and I'm pretty, um, like, on it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, like, 
kind of just say whatever I want. For sure. So I just bought the book, and then um, and then a few people were kind of like not happy that I had bought his book because I guess he's a pretty controversial figure here. Mostly, I think because of the gender, like the sort, yeah, the gender issues debate, like the trans debate. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, whatever. And then while I was debating somebody, um, I came up with a line. You know, it was just a sort of a bold way to state what I, I think is happening in the world, which is I said political correctness is intellectual cancer. And then within 24 hours, there were 350 comments <laughs> on a five-word Facebook status. Wow. Including, like, like, some of the top people in the Canadian entertainment industry. I mean, I remember there was, I think there were three Jordan Peterson debates that I ended up having in, like, three-day period, and, and you have people like the Globe and Mail theater critic is also weighing in and debating on my page, right? Like, mm. These aren't just like buddies I went to high school with. Like You have like some of the top people in the entertainment industry in this country, some far fighting with me, some agreeing with me. I mean, it's a debate, right? So, you know, it's fine. Mm. Um, but it definitely got really heated in sections. I mean, I guess there's a lot of ways to interpret political correctness is intellectual cancer. Yep. But I do believe that we're, you know, as a society, and I'm, I'm sure you can appreciate this as a podcaster, right? It's like, people are so quick to want to jump down your throat um, that they, it's almost like they don't want you to be able to be in a society where you can say what you want. Mm-hmm, for sure. I know exactly what you mean, actually. But then, my, you know, my issue is that, and this is the reason why I wrote that that in the first place, right? It was it was like we can't be living together on a planet where you're afraid to give your opinion. Now, there's look, there's a difference between like hate speech and, and going off and you know saying disgusting things about women, people of color. But for me, that's not my issue. The, you know, obviously, I'm not I'm not a bigot, but I do believe that we have to be honestly willing to have conversations about controversial topics. Like, look at gun control in the United States right now, I mean, if you can't have a real, honest conversation about a, a real issue that's affecting people's lives, like, how can you function as a society? You know what? I actually love that you brought up the gun control, because did you see what was happening in Pennsylvania today? What happened in Pennsylvania? Uh, a church was holding blessing ceremonies for members and, the, and their AR-15 assault rifles. Oh. Like, what? I mean, this is it, right? And I, I, I really believe, you know, there's so many perspectives on this, but I believe that this social media climate that we're in, you know, it's kind of like this this quick hit Facebook tweet culture where somebody just says something crazy and then a lot of people, then thousands of people tell them how stupid they are. It, it, it waters down the debate and it, it creates this false impression um, that society is more divided than it actually is. Uh-huh. And you have like, no, it's almost like people who are really, really vocal, people who are really quick to say something crazy are are, are kind of being perceived as normal. Like even my, my little five-word Facebook status, which I wrote very quickly. I mean, I figured a couple of people might be annoyed at it, but 350 comments <laughs> in a day? That's I mean, oh, wow. insane, right? Now, do you ever do you ever throw like when you're throwing out a, a status? Do you ever think I wonder if this is going to either piss people off or have people like debate it? Like, is that ever like come through your mind when you when you're throwing a status out? 
Um, yeah, I mean, look, hardly, um, you know, whatever. I'm not like Brad Pitt or Noam Chomsky or anything, but like I, I'm in the public eye, right? Uh-huh. So I have been for 20 years, so I know that when I say something, um, it, you know, it, they're, like words are powerful, and it's not, it's not like, I'm not like a, a teacher in a high school tweeting, right? Like I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty well-known actor, writer, director guy. So there's a lot of influential people follow me. I've been interviewed, what, two, three hundred times in my career. So people are tracking what I say. So mm-hmm. I, yes, I'm aware that when I say things, um, they are going to be adjudicated in a way that maybe other people aren't analyzed. Um, mm. But I do think, for me, you know, it's frustrating, but it's, I think, I don't think I'm the only person who has this issue. It's like when you say something ambiguous, you know, I say something that can be interpreted in many, many different ways. And then, like, I had I had at least two different people, which I thought was completely absurd, interpret my five-word Facebook status to mean that I was a racist, sexist, homophobic member of the alt-right. <laughs> Oh my Which I responded, gosh. you know, I think I'm the first Chinese Italian to ever be included as a member of the alt right. Huh. Not sure I qualified to be a white supremacist, um, but thanks for thinking of me. <laughs> people are nuts. People will comment like people will just comment just to say something stupid to start stuff. It is it's just ridiculous. Say that too. So also because um, you know I get a lot of attention in the industry tends to pay attention to a lot of things that I am involved with. So it, I see this happening all the time. So some of my statuses will get so much attention that you see people weighing in just to get attention to their own individual causes, Yep. their own careers. It, like even this one woman who was an old friend of mine, she was crazy, but I guess she was trying to get attention for herself, debating me, saying all these completely irrational things. And then she was like promoting hashtags for a specific organization during her debates. What? Oh, yeah. It was like she was using me <laughs> as a vehicle to promote her hashtag. Oh, my gosh. I would have deleted... I, I would have blocked her so fast. Well, I unfriended her once I realized what was happening. And I mean, mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, my God. It, it, it just shows you how desperate some people are for attention, right? Mm-hmm. There, there's a difference between a healthy debate and then people just being plain ridiculous and just stupid. It, but it, but here's the thing, right? It becomes about self-interest. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and you know, it's, it's an interesting phenomenon to analyze too, right? It's like you, you look at, like, even like some, not every status. I mean, sometimes like, hey, which is the gym I killed it, whatever, right? <laughs> but some stuff, that's especially industry relevance or whatever, like it gets so much attention. And then that's when, the, that's when, I don't know what you want to call them, maggots or... <laughs> Leeches or something, but there's certain people, and they they're not able to get enough attention on their own because nobody knows who they are, right? Mm-hmm. So they'll piggyback on someone like me who just gets a lot of attention, who's known in many many circles of the industry, both here and in the United States. And for them, it's almost like this is their ticket. That's what it feels like. Yeah, they're kind of piggybacking onto you. That's right, and they'll come up with like just like really stupid things, and I'm like, why would somebody say something so stupid? And then I'm like, oh, they're just trying to basically be like, look at me, look at me, hire me. <laughs> I'm so smart, pick me. Don't put him on the podcast, put me on the podcast. Like it's- yeah, I like that. I, 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 like, I like the way you, uh, you uh, explained it that way. 
It makes it makes a lot of sense. Look, it's not that I think I'm like the most important person in the world or anything, but like I'm aware that I, I get a lot of attention. But then when you see other people who are so blatantly trying to get attention for themselves, I just go, first of all, you're ruining a good debate, and second of all, it's completely transparent what you're doing. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But I think this is, and I think this is partly what trolling culture is. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like everybody wants to be the guy that Donald Trump gets in a fight with. Yeah. Everybody wants, you know, like, do you remember it was like, you, you follow basketball and everything like that, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember Mari Stoudemire? Uh, I think so, yeah. Do you, yeah uh, I don't know, it was 10 years ago, something like that. He used to play for the Knicks and he's on the Suns and all this stuff, but there were people who would just viciously attack him and then and Amari just took the bait and like was like ripping these people apart but then it's like he's kind of like helping them get a little bit of attention right mm-hmm. like people are picking fights with celebrities because they want to get famous too they want to be celebrities it's just so stupid it really is, it is stupid, but it's also like it's interesting right because you, you go Oh, like it's like you're really starting to understand people's motivation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know what you mean, actually. You're right. Like I, I really believe that we're in a culture of, of sort of rampant narcissism, where like everybody could get famous right now. Yeah. So, oh yeah. You know, I, I'm in the industry of getting attention for 20 years, right? Acting, writing, directing, all this stuff, right? I've been interviewed how many times, but now it's like, you know, if you have the right photos on Instagram. You know, if you if you just say I don't know, like if you have a certain opinion on Twitter, like you you get to now now you're famous, right? Yeah. You now you're the, the crazy person on Twitter, or you're the you know the, the chick with the big bubble butt on Instagram, right? Yeah. Or or you're the guy on Facebook who shares the provocative link. You, like, every, like people are trying to find these ways to like fill this void in themselves and they're, they're, they're trying to get media attention mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay like, i do i, I do anything yeah oh no no it, it, it people like i there are some people that you like know in like your social social circle that were like even like face to face will say something stupid out loud just to get a reaction and then that doesn't right. help when you have social media you have a screen to hide behind you have your phone to hide behind it's just ridiculous there are a couple of things i do want to get to before we let you go because we only have a couple uh, more minutes here. Um, on your social media, I did see you saw Black Panther. And for me, being a guy who hasn't seen it yet, but I'm a huge Marvel guy, without any spoilers, what did you think about the movie? It's a 10 out of 10, man. Really? Yeah? It's, a, it's just a, it's an amazing movie. First of all, all the action elements are great. All the comic elements are great. But it's really interesting it being a sort of like Africa-centric story because it, it, it's, you know, it kind of takes a traditional superhero arc, but it gives it this sort of, like, different vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like, I know that it's created some sort of race debates because basically everybody's black in the movie and people are like, what the hell? Or, you know, and I think it's an amazing thing for our society. Um, but for me, like, honestly, just as an artist, like, it's just interesting. It's just different. Like, you don't often hear too many stories about Africa and, and, and they come up with these really cool like sort of legends and aspects of history and like it's not super intellectual but it, it really like it's quite smart for like an action movie it's, it's really well done mm-hmm. 
And um, are are you like a huge Marvel guy to begin with? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Love Marvel. So you, how I know? <clears throat> excuse me. I've seen some people like talking about like how Black Panther is literally changing the Marvel world. Do you agree with that? I think it's too soon to say. I mean, I will say anything that makes that much money in this short amount of time has got to be a game changer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true, too. It's hard to know, like, what they say publicly and what happens behind the scenes. I wouldn't go so far as to say it's going to change Marvel. Um, But I do think, at least for the movie industry, it's definitely, I think, a trend that is going to grow. Mm -hmm. Um, And speaking of movies, I saw that you went to the movies by yourself. And that's something I have debated before. When there's a movie I want to see or my, and my girlfriend doesn't, my parents don't want to, my friends don't. So there's been times that I've debated going by myself, but I never have. What is that like? So it took me a while to do, I'd never done it before. Like I'm 40 years old, never been to a movie by myself. I was like, I'm going to just do it. I'm gonna, and I felt like a loser. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I went to the 4 p.m. showing because I was like, I don't want people to know I'm at the movies by myself. And then within about two minutes, it was the most beautiful experience I've ever had at the movies. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you why. Because there wasn't that many people there, and I'm by myself, and it, it was like I had a private movie theater. Okay. It, it, it's kind of like... like it, it would be like you going to like the gym or something, and like no one's in the weight room. You go at a certain time, and it's like it's your weight room. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you could put a picture, you could put, like, a Quinn Mars weight room sign on here. <laughs> you know, it's, like, honestly to the point where, like, a couple people showed up, and I'm like, what are you doing in my <laughs> movie theater? How'd you get past security? <laughs> so is, yeah, it was pretty cool. Is, is it something it that you, you'll do again? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Honestly, like, it ruined me for other people. Yeah, oh, wow. Like, now it's like I just need to go off peak, you know? I need to go, like, the early show that nobody, like, some, like, I mean, something like Black Panther is probably hard to, like, ever get an entire movie theater to yourself. But if you wait for, like, a popular movie, wait, like, maybe three weeks when people stop talking about it, and you go, like, early afternoon, I mean, you pretty much can have the movie theater to yourself. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. That's actually, yeah. No, I have debated it, but I just didn't. To me, it felt like it's like going out like to a restaurant by yourself. That's what, I, like that. You know what I mean? Like going to like an actual okay, right restaurant, here, sitting right down. Here's the thing, right? So I've gone to restaurants by myself, mm-hmm. and when you go to a restaurant by yourself and it's slammed, it sucks. Mm-hmm. And you know, all the other tables and all the other people are going to get the waiter's attention because they're going to get more. When you go and the restaurant's empty, it, again, it's, it's, it's like you're, you know, Ebenezer Scrooge or something. It's like you're like some rich dude that just shows up and you've got a private restaurant. And, oh, would you like every every two minutes, like, <laughs> would you like some more water? You know, like, yeah. there's just nobody else there. So it's almost like you're being catered to, you know? Yeah, I, I, have, uh, I have come pretty close to doing it. All right, uh, one more thing before I do let you go. Um, what kind of advice would you give to, like, a young aspiring actor, writer, director, creator on, like, like, let's say I'm going to say 20 years old. What kind of advice do you give them? I love that question. And I do get asked all the time by 20-year-olds. 
starting their careers in the industry. Mm-hmm. I say that what's different now, as opposed to when I started, which was literally 20 years ago, um, is that now everyone has access to so many resources and technology that every single person in the entertainment industry is a one-person movie studio. Mm-hmm. It's a DIY industry. You can't look at yourself as an actor or a writer or director or whatever it is that you do. You are a movie studio. You, you, know, you are an enterprise. So you, at every moment, I think you need to be asking yourself, what does your studio have in development? What does your studio have in production? Um, what, what does your studio have for distribution? It's, it's not that hard to make content. And as I'm sure you've been able to see with my career in the last few months, the more reasons there are to, to sort of interview you or hire you, um, the better. So if you're literally just waiting for someone to give you a job, you're dead. If you're creating actively opportunities um, for you to get even more attention, for you to get more opportunities, you can be very, very successful in today's climate. You don't even need any money up. All the social media tools. And actually, I mean, you could film all this stuff on your iPhone. The cameras are amazing. Um, it's not that hard to get attention if you're proactive and you're very intelligent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's awesome. So, uh, Bobby, as always, I do appreciate you joining me today. Uh, everyone can go watch the Canadian Actors trailer tomorrow and follow you on Twitter at Bob Man. Thanks a lot, Bobby. It's always a good time chatting. Thank you, brother.